Hi guys, so here we are today with Eli Azzi, uh, co-founder, uh, CPU and head of products um, and technology at Volk. Um, Eli, good to uh, have you with us. How are you? Thank you, Lawrence. Good uh, for, uh, to have you. I'm very happy to be here. Very happy uh, to, to do this discussion, tell more about the product, what we're doing at Volk to the audience. Um, and um, again, I mean, wh where, are you, where are you connecting from today? So I'm connecting from Dubai, uh, the hot Dubai today, I would say, oh, yeah. it's oh, oh, oh. like, uh, like 40 degrees, so really? I won't recommend anyone to go out now, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm in a room uh, with, with, uh, with air conditioners, so it's I, a must. I, I, I've, I've, I've got to say, I actually, I, I love Dubai, I haven't been there for a few years, but it's such a magical place, isn't it? It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's been well, a long time that I didn't visit Dubai, but I mean, it, it really has changed um, a lot since the last time I visited once in 2011. For me, uh, it's a different country when I visited uh, again after 10 years. It's, well, it, it, I, I think it, I think it's going to be evolving for quite quite some time as well. But I mean, exactly. speaking, speaking about um, evolution, um, there, there's been quite a lot going on at Volk. Um, yeah, for for our listeners, for people watching, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Volt? What what your story is? What the mission is of the company? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Volk is not a new company. So we we, we started Volk not um, one my co-founder my co-founder and myself in two thousand and nineteen. And uh, before that, I was I was working in China for a centralized and then decentralized exchange, and I've gained a lot of experience in blockchain and um, building a product uh, on blockchain. Uh, my co-founder, Otwan, comes more from a traditional background, private equity, M&A, and our initial idea back then was to uh, tokenize or create securities of products that are illiquid to make them a bit liquid, and mainly. Uh, uh, make them easily tradable. Uh, same way you can trade today in crypto, of course, with a lot of regulation, but to make those securities, we're speaking about private debt, private, private equity. Uh, we've built the product, we scaled it. Uh, we had around 6 billion of assets on, uh, on, on this product. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, beginning of this year, we decided to uh, uh, to shift the company to mainly to DeFi, a product that we've been developing since the beginning of 2021. Because the company was two product, even though there is a bit of synergies, I mean, it's it's very difficult to have it. So the whole product is running. There is a team that is taking care of it. It's a tokenization product. Uh, we call it VDeal, Vault Deal. And the shift of the company uh, to focus mainly on DeFi uh, was decided, and I would say mid two thousand and twenty-one. Class, why? What, what? What was it? What was the uh, reason you thought? Right, now's the right time. We have to shift towards DeFi because we're seeing. Quite yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of the tech team and also this team, there they've been into blockchains, uh, into blockchain, into the blockchain ecosystem uh, since a while, and we've seen a lot of interest and the increase of DeFi. So. If I want to summarize DeFi for the um, for the audience that are not very familiar with this, um, this it's decentralized finance. What it stands for is instead of uh, having your crypto in your wallet sleeping, you can put them to work to you, like as if you were investing in 
some financial product that can get you yield or um, in the crypto also you can take some loans by putting some collateral so DeFi is this instead of having a sleeping uh, ethereum in your wallet you can put your ethereum to work for you so sleeping today How yeah yeah it? yeah <laughs> i mean they're diving <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, sorry. No, 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 but it's funny to mention the date because today is the uh, stop because uh, it's not live, right? Right. Yeah, it's okay. So let's uh, remove that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so we decided to uh, to focus on DeFi because we've seen that there is an increase of uh, people interested in this area. Lot of users that are moving their uh, crypto from centralized exchanges into those protocols that are proposing DeFi products, and uh, a lot of money with a market that is um, running like uh, in a very old way. And and let me explain this. So, and this is in fact the main problem that we're we're trying to solve in, in DeFi. So today, when you uh, when you trade on a centralized finance, you put your crypto uh, with a third party and you start making trades. So all the trades that you are doing are timestamped. So the moment that you enter the trade, the moment, the moment that you uh, exit the trade, the price on which you enter, the current price, the evolution, the PNL, everything is calculated by those centralized exchanges. And it's very easy for accounting purposes, for taxation purposes. The only thing that an accountant or a fund manager or, um, let's say, um, uh, a tax authority is to connect to this uh, exchange to extract the information and that they can, they can have uh, all those information in a clear way. In DeFi, it's completely different. Because in DeFi, there is no third party that you are giving your token to. The timestamp, the actions, uh when you go out of an investment that you did everything is written on blockchain and i mean blockchain it's true that it's open ledger everyone can go and read it but good luck <laughs> trying to dive deep to, to dive deep in it and this is a big issue for such a big market so today of course we're seeing an uh kind of a not, not a bear market we're seeing like um, a decrease of all the prices, which bring down the TVL, which we call it total log value of crypto in DeFi. But I mean, uh, DeFi went from zero in the end of 2020 to uh, more than 200 billion in a year, which is uh, insane. And, yes, that is yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> and you can watch such a market and say, hey, I'm going to set, I'm going to look. No. <laughs> For someone that is used to build products, say, okay, how can I help this market? What can we bring to this market? And this is exactly the idea of Merlin, which is a product by Volk uh, that we are proposing. Mainly, it's, um, let's say, an accounting tool, uh, very similar to Etherscan. So, for example, uh, very similar in the usability. You just go to this tool, Merlin, just copy paste or connect your wallet, and then we go analyze all your transactions. And then uh, we tell you how much you made or lost in your DeFi positions. Well, I, I, you hit on something interesting there when you, you talk about the current system and you're saying it's very easy um, for from accounting purposes 
it's very easy for uh, you know revenue to understand you know what what taxes people should be paying like are there are there responsibilities for these DeFi companies in terms of ensuring that there is sufficient transparency so that you know that there isn't that tax avoidance so those DeFi companies when they create an application it's a decentralized application yeah okay. and their purpose is only for the people to come and to, to do some trades. What they don't do is they don't have a ledger on which all transactions are recorded, or more of that, they don't treat this data. Because what they care about is today you want to come, you want to, let's say, add liquidity to a liquidity pool. This is the fee that you get. And they will tell you now how much would you get. I mean, three months ago, they, they don't care if you entered three months ago. Because you as a trader you must be aware of the price of which you enter, the current price. So it's a different mentality than a centralized exchange that is much easier to, I would say, uh, to put regulation around them. Sure. Because we've seen Aculiswap and all the big ones that started like uh, more than two years ago, they're still not regulated. It's very hard to regulate them. And so, I mean, but do you see problems in terms of that, for like the future of society, or is it some? You know, I will say this. Like, you know, we've obviously seen since yeah. I think it was like November twenty twenty one. So not mm -hmm. that long, right? Six yeah. months ago, we've seen over a hundred governments worldwide really like push and speed up the um, move towards uh, regulation in in the blockchain and crypto space. Um, but I mean, it is, and I just keep thinking like, like it doesn't make sense to me in terms of having everything completely decentralized because people just won't pay taxes. Or, or am I missing something? Is it, is it, is it that you know? Because anything that is outside of the system, like what where we're moving towards, and it's obviously like you said, it's grown from yeah. um, fairly well, fairly insignificant to over two hundred billion dollars like last year. Um, are we not playing with fire in that respect? I mean, the the regulation is today, and as far as I am aware and concerned. Is tackling two big topics. So the first we call it on the ramp off ramp, meaning that when you come with some GBP and you convert them into crypto, or when you have crypto and you cash out into a GBP. So this is being fairly looked at, and the regulation is. I mean, most of those exchanges they are regulated. And if they are not regulated, for example, by the FCA, they cannot uh, operate in the UK. So this is the, the first point. The second point Sorry. is uh, the stable coins, which is a big discussion in, 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 in all government. Because stable coin at some point is used to cash in, cash out sometime. Uh, this is one. And, and second, the creator of the stable coin like we've seen with UST, for example, that went from one dollar bag to yesterday to thirty cents. Did you see? Did you see uh, Luna? Yeah. Yeah. Did you just like like that's Yeah, of course. That, that's that's insane. But I mean, Luna is more of a project, or 
mainly it's um, uh, it's the token that is used on the Terra chain, and it's priced to go from. Of course, it's shocking. Yeah. But I mean, it's the confidence of the people that are using it. Once again, it's Bitcoin. If no one trusts it, then no one will use it. But the stablecoin, when you promise, so Luna, they never promise that their token will be always at $50 or $100. It's a volatile market. Yeah. But the UST is completely different because you promise the customers or the users that this is a coin that I am keeping the pack compared to dollars. So when you want to cash out, when you want to uh, to hedge some position, or even they were proposing a lot of yield on the USD on anchor up to 20%, which is very high. Uh, this is a different game. Because yeah. people there, there, for them, it's a safe place. I mean, safe in crypto uh, terms. Because, <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's only five percent returns yeah. annually. Yeah. So for so for me, seeing UST going down even ten or twenty percent, which is uh, yesterday went seventy percent down, is more shocking than it's more shocking than seeing a crypto going down ninety percent. Sure, but again, I, I again I'm very much a believer that I think that over the next few years, we will like flush out a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these cryptocurrencies where yes. then it's always the case it's always the case if you look for example in uh, in 2000 and 2017 uh if you look at coin market cap the first 20 cryptos they change always they, so some cryptos they go they uh, they sit on the top 20 and then they change and it's up to the project um to see how um how they are performing and mainly how they are used because if you look at those top 10 20 in market cap they're mainly blockchain because the, this is where there is the more utilization so this is why their token is used to pay fees uh, to stake and so on and so on so those top 20 are always changing and the ones that maintain a place for a year or two years this is where you see okay this is uh, this is a good, uh, a good, a good crypto base. Of course, it has a utility, but uh, I mean, uh, its utility is useful for it to maintain a certain price and a certain market cap. Sure. Uh, this might be a slightly obvious question, but yeah. do you, do you yourself do you invest in crypto? Or you... I mean, uh, I, I mean, um, I have some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, first, I'm not a trader. Yeah. I, I. I it takes a lot of time. I don't have the time, and uh, I have some of the big ones, you know. But I would not say that uh, I live out of my salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah, not from my cryptos. Yeah, because I mean, because it's more of a belief in something than because I started it when I started. It was mainly Bitcoin and Ethereum, and uh, it's more of uh, believing in something. Yeah. than just speculating like so for example uh, i look at my portfolio like once every three months sure and this is it yeah and it's so funny because a lot of those project builders uh, they're like me and the traders are not the ones that are building products sure no i i, I get it you know like yeah. i i think even like with rayon right like so 
I would say um, with confidence that over like 90% of, of our community, they all actively mm. buy and they trade crypto, mm. right? When you, when you think back like 30, 40 years ago with like the equity markets, people would buy shares and they would just hold them. There were, there were thousands of trading platforms. So people were yes. just like buying and selling all day. But now it's almost become like just people, like you said, it's just about their belief. Whereas, and, and again, like with, with stuff like what we saw with like Luna, it's impossible to really assess what is behind the valuation. So with me, and I'm, I, do you know Palantir Technologies? Have you heard, are you familiar with them? Of course, I know them very well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, they, so their stock, I know it's stock or something like this, right? So, okay, so yeah. I, I, I bought the IPO, okay? Oh, okay. And, and at the time, after like, I think it was like Jan 2021, it hit like 44 bucks a share. And Jan, uh, Jan, the, my co founder, yeah. um, was saying, like, dude, like, you know, you've, you've killed it. Just like, <laughs> and, and I was saying to him, you know, I, I just, I buy and hold. That's it. I, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not a technical analyst, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I just literally buy good companies. And, and my, my philosophy is very much that actually just focus much more on the pound cost averaging. Now that proved a very stupid decision, right? I, I could have gone up like three, four yeah. 400%. But again, like I'm still- Yeah, but again, it's, I mean, it's one of, when you look at the numbers, the projects, because it's one of the companies that I'm following. Mm. I mean, they're doing great. But killing it, yeah. But I mean, their uh, their share uh, it's yeah. not logical to how much they're doing. But do, do you know what? Like, did you? I'm showing my age here. I remember yeah. when, like, Amazon. I remember Amazon being at like fifty bucks a share. I think. I think it fell to like ten dollars, five dollars, same sort of thing. Like a couple of years after there. Their right. IPO, or no, it was no, it was much longer. It was, it was like around the tech bubble crisis, mm. and again, I'm sure people were jumping in and out of it all the time. But unless you've got like a, um, unless you've got like ten degrees and you know you're a brilliant mathematician, it's very hard to trade these growth stocks, like you know short term. Okay. But you know that that that's something that I still need to get my head around. Well, like going going back to crypto, with Palantir. I can say, yes, they missed their earnings call. Okay, their net dollar retention rate isn't as high as I thought it was going to be, but they produce X, Y, Z. And you can look at the hiring patterns. You can yeah. I, I understand yes. like the, the ambition yeah. of the company. I think that with, with, these, uh, with these cryptocurrencies, it is, like you say, so much based on belief. So I think that we are, over the next few years, we're going to see a lot of like, well, we're similar to what we saw in the tech bubble crisis, right? Like, we, like these companies, they yeah. come and go overnight, they're gone. And the, but then what's left from it are really, really, really strong coins, right? Yeah. Really strong projects. So, I mean, but I mean, with things like Bitcoin, you know, we've seen it, I think it must be about down about 60% from the highs, you know? Yeah, it went, I think the highest was around 60 something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, 68, so now we're 20 something, 27, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, the, since the last high, it went down 80%. So if we take that, we still have room to go down. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. but, but the, the people that have really won from Bitcoin and the guy, like, they must have gone through hell. Like early Bitcoin investors, yeah. early Bitcoin investors must have seen it go up and down like 80, 90%. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, they, they, now they're used to it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, you know, coming back to um, coming back to Volk. So, yeah. you know, it, it's obviously you guys work on a super interesting project. You've, you know, looking through your website, you've got some really cool um, partnerships and clients. Um, yeah. You know, what's what's really, and I know you touched on it a bit earlier, but what's really your story and what was your like motivation for for building Volk? Have you always been quite entrepreneurial yourself? Is this your first company, or is this something whereby you had a few a few attempts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, when we look at uh, especially YouTube uh, and look at those entrepreneurs, uh, they they tell their stories, and it's always a fairy tale. <laughs> Most uh, of the time, it's a fairy tale, and there's, there's always, a happy ending. Yeah, and you always hear the 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 good ones. Sure. Um, yes, yeah, so I've tried several times no, <laughs> no. my own my own company. So I started when I was in, uh, in my engineering degrees in 2011, first company. Uh, worked on it for a year and a half. It failed. I was too young and I was in the hardware uh, business where the software business was booming in 2011, 2012. Yeah. Then 2015, um, they call it um, social, how do you call it? Like um, sharing economy, okay. right? like um, the Airbnbs uh, and so on. I, 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 I tried in the food tech for students uh, in Paris, also for a year flop. Uh, that was in 2015. And then 2016, by mistake, I landed on um, on a guy who was uh, was working in blockchain, and he told me, "Ali, listen, this is interesting." I, I was back then, uh, working at the bank at BNP Paribas, and he, he proposed me a job in uh, blockchain. I said, "Yeah, uh, let's do it." And at the time, I still remember maybe Bitcoin was uh, like five hundred dollars or something like this, and uh, when you start working in blockchain, okay, you start understanding, okay, how it was created. It was created uh, mainly from Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a use case of blockchain. It's not the blockchain itself. And on blockchain, you can create several use cases. Uh, Ethereum is another one. Yeah. And uh, it's another way of thinking about the, the blockchain and the services that you can build on top. And that, uh, I was interested in Ethereum, uh, building application on Ethereum. Even the project I was working on was on Ethereum. And I mean, 2017, uh, the boom of, uh, I mean, the second boom, because the first boom was 2013. I missed it. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, I, I mean, my girlfriend back then, my wife now, told me about in 2013, hey, there is this Bitcoin thing. We're discussing it. Uh, uh, in, in her class, I looked at it, I said, no, no, this is for scammers and stuff like this. And back then it was like, I was the same. I was the same. Yeah, 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 of course. So, yeah, the first time I read the, the white paper of Bitcoin was 2016. And I have to say, I had to read it like two, three times to, to grasp what the guy was saying. And um, yeah, and since then, um, in, uh, uh, since 2016, I've been building products in blockchain, and uh, it was not always easy to start your own company because 
even starting your own coin and all all stuff required some capital yeah. and uh, it's not always easy when you're a first time entrepreneur because even if you build like two three companies you failed and yeah. you start again um you're considered as a new entrepreneur yeah i do you know, do you know what? so for transparency like <laughs> i, I, I yeah. think we've had about like i think i've counted about 11 major failures wow. major, yeah 11 major failures like we've had like three or four like uh, the first three or four attempts at what we're building mm. and i mean i don't mean like a month's time i mean, I mean it took like mm. a year it took maybe a year and a half and then bang fail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah another year fail and i'm telling you now if we pull this off with rail and it looks like look you know we're starting to get like yeah real traction we could make a netflix series about about our our company it's that's amazing massive. You wouldn't, honestly, it's been the, it's been the most fun and it's been the most, like the risk that is involved in building a company now is, is, is mad because like we said, like there's so much money. You can't just start with like no money now, you know, and we started with a bit of money. We lost it. We got a bit more money. We built a bit more technology. We lost it again build a bit more technology and we were constantly just like evolving like building the technologies but that's why with rayons what we're trying to do um and when i say we're trying to we're actually doing it we're building out the resources so that people can actually build their own tech startups and we know we know the resources that they need right like i don't know about you but with with regards what we're doing it's, it's somewhat different the first thing that we had to do was like collect email addresses for people yeah you know yeah. But, but but we didn't do it early enough um and i made huge mistakes with i didn't i didn't focus on the customer experience i like i would speak with yarn and i yarn would like show me these like really cool like ai applications that he was developing yeah. and i'd be like what else can we build and we'd build like loads of stuff and then i'd be like how do we go out there and sell this yeah and and, yeah, it, yeah. and, and, it, and it flopped it, like like what, what we should have done is been like actually what can we do to benefit people? What do people need? How can we benefit them? Here's our goal. This is what we're looking to achieve. We want to protect yeah. the future of the jobs market. We want to provide a platform where people can actually like build their own companies in the blockchain space. Um, what is what is that? What are they lacking? And instead, I got it wrong. I got it completely wrong. I was just like, let's build some super cool AI yeah. and we'll work out how we go and sell it. And, and it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah I agree. Sorry. In fact, it's so funny because um, when you look at those courses, they teach about uh, entrepreneurship. The first fact is people teaching those courses are not, are not entrepreneur. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the funny part. And the second part, yeah. they say something that I've always tried to, 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 to apply it. And every time I do the product is go and ask the customers. Okay. So I'm not I do not totally agree with this, um, because when you go, you ask a customer, first, they don't care about you. They will tell you stuff that they think might be useful for them. But when you put them in front of the actual product and the way you have developed it, it's a completely different experience. And if you listen 100% to only what the customers are saying and you build something, this is not what they expected. So there is a big 
job of the people that are building the product to understand a need that is on the market. Of course, by speaking to a lot of people, but it's not only about the customer saying, what do you need to do? You need to have this intuitive thing of saying, okay, he wants this. Uh, so I, let, let's say I spoke to a hundred guys, they want this, 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 this. Okay, what is the common de de denominator that I can build that everyone is happy? Okay. And uh, with this, then you can start the product. You will not please all the people that you uh, that you have spoken with. And it's okay. And there is a very good book I read a while ago. It's called Crossing the Chasm, which started with, um, I mean, the people like uh, the innovators or the people that are very the early people that start using your product, then they would use your product. And it's like maybe 5% of the people that you've, you've spoken with, but the product is good for them. And then after that, they will give you more and more feedback. And once they give you more feedback, then you will be able to attract 10% of your market. And with this 10%, you build more and more feature depending on their feedback and, and have 20%. But I mean, a customer that is not sitting in front of a product and using it, will not give you a good feedback. So there is a cost for that, which I mean, it's not leap of faith, but it's your instinct of understanding what's happening, what's the problem that you're trying to solve, propose something, and then put them in front of the reality and tell them, okay, this is what I think you would like to use. Is it right or not? And this is where the customers, they start giving you valuable feedback about what you have. Do you know? Do you know what we found? So, like with us, I agree with you. I, I took a hardline view that actually, very much the Henry Ford philosophy of, yeah. if I asked my customers what they wanted, you know, they would have said a faster horse. Um, mm. but so, so about fourteen months ago, like we really like, like we really like we we almost lost everything. In fact, no, no, no I mean, sorry, I'm underplaying. We lost everything, but the team were very much like, look, let's stick together. And one mm -hmm. thing that we did that really helped, we said, right, where have we gone wrong? And two things um, that we agreed, two changes we agreed to make. So we said, we're going to build an advisory board like, early on. Mm -hmm. So we reached out to people from like, who have worked at, like Sequoia Capital, uh, people from Google, and they were all, all up for it, like Uber, who had been there from the early days. Uh, and we built like a really strong advisory board. And the next thing that we did, we actually just like reached out to people on LinkedIn and we're like, hey, would you, you know, would you be open to like just giving us some advice? And one thing I will say that it starts off with just speaking to with like one or two like like people that would have been customers or potential customers, yeah. and we did get advice from them. And I think that the skill, from my perspective, or or from any company's perspective, has to be being able to like decipher the good from the bad information, because I think that you know we spoke genuinely, we spoke with over a thousand companies in a year. I was just on the phone all day long and I was just like making notes, what they think, what they think. And you're right. I completely agree with you. Listening to the customers is a very dangerous path to go down, but also not listening to them at all is even more dangerous. So we kind of like balanced it out. And the amazing thing is that we went away, built the product, right? Even now, like, you know, we're obviously we're always looking to improve there. Um, yeah. We're, we had a thousand like we had a thousand mobile numbers and a thousand like prospective clients so you know all of a sudden we were able to like right hey yeah, you've helped us build it can we show it to you 
and you know like and then and then we just we found from that again we're more and more niche we're like no this is this is something that really just works in the fintech crypto space so yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy but i i i I do get i do get what you're saying and and i i I fundamentally i agree with you um but i think yeah i think from my my perspective there's certainly a balance to it but again like with vault so you know you're obviously you're you're definitely at the cutting edge of of modern technologies you're disrupting an industry Oh well, but you're moving that you're moving that trajectory. That trajectory. Um, um, I've got to ask actually, where did, where did the name come from, by the way? Um, it's a long story, but uh, I, uh, I I like to do that. So um, as I told you in the beginning of the company, we wanted to do something related to tokenization, and we built the first product about tokenization. Um, and tokenization, the idea was to get something that is completely private and make it available for more people to trade it, of course, while, while respecting uh, collective investment, investment scheme and so on, like all the rules of, the, um, of investing in private debt or private equity. And the first company <coughs> to ever uh, to list a company, the first exchange to list a company, uh, was the Amsterdam Stock Exchange. And the first company to ever uh, the, to be listed was the Dutch East Indian Company. And the name of Dutch, Dutch East Indian Company, uh, the abbreviation in Dutch, it's VOC. And VOC was the first name of the company, which was Value on Chain. So we took the VOC and created Value on Chain because we're taking those shares and putting them on chain. And then and with time in 2019, I mean, people they were not very happy that blockchain chain shares, you know, like uh, it was not very appreciated by, by our customers uh, to have on chain. So we said, okay, how can we change this name and to have something that is still have the same uh, essence of, uh, of VOC? And then um, we start looking at the fleet of uh, VOC back then. And they had a fleet of, I don't know, maybe 200 uh, ship. And one of the ship's names was Volk. And Volk stands for Falcon. And we said, oh, okay, Volk is perseverance. Uh, it can go fast and so on. It's, I mean, it represents Antoine and myself. And that's why we decided to have Volk. And now the product that we're building, uh, which is Merlin, the DeFi product, Merlin is a category of Falcon. And Merlin is also it's also in King Arthur uh, the Wizard, so we can do magic <laughs> with the uh, with the information that are on chain to get them to you to make you understand more if you're making or losing money and so on and so on. So yeah. So and by the way, that there is an article uh, on our medium that explain where uh, the name uh, Valk and Merlin uh, where did they come from? I mean, with some pictures and <laughs> interesting stuff. About the fleet, about the VOC, the, uh, the the company, and so on and so on. Although they have a bad reputation, but I mean, we like. Yeah, no, you don't want a bad reputation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 because we were, they, they were bankrupt and so on and so on. But uh, yeah, we like, I mean, the story of them issuing the first share uh, back in, I think, the 1600s. Yeah, 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 the 1600s. Yeah. 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 Well, look, I mean, it's a cool story and a very cool name. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So, 
what what's what's next for you guys have you got any like um, projects that you're currently working on that you want to share or yeah i mean uh we're launching soon <laughs> we're having some difficulties before the launch but uh, uh expect uh, the product to be launched uh the first week or weeks of june um so anyone that is uh, interested in DeFi, they would like to know uh, their performances compared to usd uh, their PNL and so on. They can uh, go to the platform. Um, we didn't we didn't decide on the name yet, <laughs> the the link of the platform. But um, we can give to the audience uh, uh, all the links where they can subscribe and stay tuned for the platform to to be uh, to to be available. Now what we're doing we're doing a private beta testing. So for anyone that is interested in that, they can go on defi.valtech.io um and they can uh, they can they can subscribe they can put their name answer some question and then enter into the list of uh, private uh, beta testers and i mean we're getting a lot of good feedback from those guys so we had more than 1200 uh sign up and uh, we're doing batches of uh, 10 to 15 each week depending on their answers how are you getting the sign ups at the moment so just on our website, you go, you just put your email. Once you have put your email, then we we'll send you an e we'll send you another email with some questions because we'd like uh, you to be um, our uh, a good customer because uh, we are integrated with some protocols. We want to make sure that uh, the people that are testing the product are using those protocols and not uh, not using them because they will not see a lot of benefit in testing the product. So, you know, one mistake we made um, yeah. when, when, we, when we built our beta is like we, we gave we gave we gave loads of free trials to loads of companies, yeah. and um, and we found that actually like they weren't they weren't complaining. Like, I'd phone them up like, hey, how are you finding? Like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, it's cool, okay. But we saw like they weren't really using it that much, and yeah. I met this like really smart dude. Um, um, Abid, I'm sure I won't say his surname, but I'm sure he won't mind. Um, and he was like, Lawrence, you're making a huge mistake. I, I think he worked with like, do you know James Kahn? Have you heard of James Kahn? Mm -hmm. He's like, he's like mm -hmm. a famous like, entre entrepreneur. He's um I don't know, I can't even remember the name coming in, but he mm -hmm. like he basically smashed it in the in the recruitment um industry here in like the 80s and 90s. And um he, he became on he went on TV, he became like have you heard of Dragon uh, you know Dragon's Den? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. he was on Dragon's Den. And yeah. I think it was, it was something that worked with him, like really switched on guy. And he was, he was, I, I met with him or spoke with him and uh, he was like, Lawrence, you're making a huge mistake giving it away. I was like, but we know we're learning. We're seeing how they use it. He was like, you're not going to learn anything until you start charging them a pound. Yeah. Like, yeah Go yeah. away, charge them. He was, he was, as soon as you start charging a pound, I promise you people are going to start complaining and yeah. you want them to. And so, so he, he said, it doesn't, he goes, I don't care if you charge anything, just charge them. Yeah. So we went back, we obviously had all these like potential clients and we did, we charged them like a tiny, I won't say, but it was an embarrassing amount of money um, for, for what it was. Um, and you know, we found that's when they started complaining. Yes, and yes. we got we got like tons of feedback from them. Yeah, we had the same thing with the, with the first product, the V deal. In fact, um, first we wanted to distribute it uh, to a lot of people, but it's a different day because when you're selling to institutional, 
yeah. like when you are a B2B business, it's completely different than B2C. And this product that people can test it first, it's B2C, also B2B, but I mean, now we're focusing on the B2C and everything that we're proposing, what they're testing today, it will be for free. All the paid uh, stuff are not being tested today. But the first product, the VD, the tokenization product, we had the same issue. So we went, we gave it out, I mean, to 50 people, to 50 financial institutions. And the most embarrassing thing is that when they don't use it because you track who's using it, who's not using it, they're connected and so on. And out of those 50, barely five or 6% were using it. And this is a lot of noise for you because you've spent 50 time uh, to onboard those guys. So it means yeah. like, let's say in hours, it means 50 hours and only 6%, I mean, like three, four guys are, are using it. Like uh, it's such a waste of time. Yeah. And what we did is uh, no one can test it unless they sign a contract. So they have a testing for two days and then they sign a contract. The first three months are for free and then they start paying. And this is where we reduce from 50 to 10 companies. Sure. But uh, I mean, the 10, they were using the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're learning. You're learning. Yes, the yeah, exactly. Uh, they could drop the, they had the possibility to, to uh, like it was a non-binding contract, but at least uh, after three months, they know that if they're still using it, then they will start paying. Yeah. And we're receiving a lot of good feedback. And this is how we're able to scale. But yeah, distributing for free, it's a very bad idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want people to test, but the worst thing is when you give them everything you've worked on yeah. and they don't even test it. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that, that's what <laughs> we they, Yeah, if they test it and they don't want to pay, okay, yeah. you understand why they don't want to pay, but <laughs> they don't test it. Yes, yeah. uh, like such a waste of time of you onboarding them and then uh, spending time on getting them. Yeah. You know, we, um, uh, I, I was, I was going to say, um, actually, you know, before I forget what I was going to say, I was going to say to you that, like, you know, with Vogue, look, you know, we've, we've got 20,000 people at least, probably in the total community, probably about 85,000 people in our community, in the crypto community. Like, we should do something with Vogue. Like, when you're ready, like, we, we should, if you want, we can do a campaign, you know, like, get, get, it, out, get it out to our community. Um, I mean, Today, one of the most difficult tasks that I have in my job is recruiting. <laughs> you know? and, and, and you know, and good, like it should be, and like it should always be. Like, I, I, yeah. same with me. I, I spend most of my time, sorry, no, I don't spend most of my time. I now, I'm spending tons of my time on recruiting. And, and I, I think that's, you know, I think you have to be, right? To like just, just find yeah. the like, very, very best people. Admittedly, like, you know, we've got the community to, yeah fish out of but um but i was going to say that um look you know uh with with regards to the campaign and with regards to recruiting you know like there are a lot of people that are looking to work for companies yeah. like volk um i would say just to wrap up because i'm conscious of time like any last thoughts for any any um anyone looking to get into the blockchain space or anyone looking to build a company in the blockchain space what would be your like core advice for them Tough question. Um, I mean, this is something that I see with people that would like to join VARC and we do interviews. They 
think that they are blockchain engineers. And then when you start asking them questions about solidity, about the problem, how to solve it, um, they don't know how to answer. You might be a very good developer, but you're not a blockchain developer or you do not really understand this. Don't say that you're a blockchain developer and praise the, 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 and, and, and ask for the prices of, of a blockchain developer because they're a bit hyped up. Now, I mean, a lot. Be, be kind to yourself, be kind to the recruiter in front of you. Um, if you want to go um, to be a blockchain developer, please take courses uh, about Solidity, understand the architecture, understand all those topics before you go to, to an interview. Uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur in, uh, in blockchain, I mean, there is a lot of issues today in the, in the blockchain space. There is room for a lot of people. Um, watch a lot of YouTube videos. There is a lot of good content. I learned how to develop Solidity back in 2016 online. Imagine in 2016 online. Okay, it has evolved a lot of time, but there is a lot of documentation to read, a lot of YouTube videos to follow. Uh, try to decorrelate a bit of the market, the prices, what's happening, because the people that succeeded in blockchain and that are I would say their bag or uh, their, their bucket are very heavy yeah. are not the investors yeah, yeah. are the people that built something in blockchain and you can see like starting from Suzy to uh, uh, to the other guys uh, that, uh, that that are in the space yeah you like I hope it's helpful to 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 the audience but yeah, yeah make sure to do um, to learn uh, about blockchain, there's a lot of resources before you go into it and uh, start working with it. Look, we're seeing a lot of companies at the moment. They're like, we can't find the blockchain developers. You know, yes. help, can you know help help us find the developers, and we're going to train them up to become blockchain developers. Yeah, I mean, this is what we did internally. Yeah, three of our developers they were not blockchain developers. Um, we decided, okay, for three weeks, one month, we're not going to develop, you're just going to uh, learn, we're going to teach you, and that's the best way. Yeah. So this is why someone that comes, I mean, with 10 or 15% uh, of knowledge in blockchain or solidity <laughs> is sometimes valuable because uh, he spent some time to learn uh, those skills and you don't, you don't need to retain them again. And I mean, each project is very different. If you just know how to develop, you can you can learn those stuff. But don't uh, don't tell that you know the stuff if if you don't know them. Learn them and come to the interview. Because <laughs> we see, like, I mean, it's annoying because you you waste your time. You you look at the CV. You see, you know, this this this. You ask them two three questions and sometimes like there is an interview. I stopped it after ten minutes. I said. Uh, you must be kidding like I, I mean this question if you don't know how to, how to answer uh, I can't help you I mean, what was the question do you remember what the question was uh, yeah I think like one of the first questions that I ask is um, how a smart contract is different uh, than um, uh, than the client server uh, architecture uh, 
what's the difference between uh, building a smart contract and building an application with a client server architecture? I mean, it's, it's very basic. So, uh, yeah. For anyone, for anyone watching, they need to make sure they know that before they. Uh... <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Eli, it's, it's been great to have you with us today. Um, Eli Azzi, uh, co-founder, CPO, and uh, head of product technology at Volk. Um, yeah, really exciting to see what you guys are doing. And thank you thank for joining us. Thank you, Lawrence. Thanks a lot. Great. Have a good day. Thank see you. you. Bye.